Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today, Larry has a guest on the show, and that is Paul Wickle. The, the title of today's show is Climate Changes and What You Need to Know About Property and Casualty Insurance. Now, Paul is a professional in this area. That's why Larry brought him on the show. Paul's an independent insurance broker with Remco Agency on Long Island. Paul holds a number of industry-related achievements and degrees and has over 37 years' experience serving individuals and small businesses in the tri-state area. Paul's specialty is working with high net worth individuals. Larry, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing terrific, Eric. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm curious what sparked this conversation. I mean, I, climate changes is, I mean, that's a huge topic everybody is talking about. They've been talking about it for about a decade, but why specifically in this arena? Well, I guess because you're in Nebraska, you didn't may not have realized what went on here a couple of weeks ago with the remnants of Hurricane oh, Ida. Yeah. You guys had a lot of flooding. Uh, so, so that really had dramatic and impacts on a lot of the local places here in Queens and New Jersey. And obviously, everyone knows what's going on in New Orleans again. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be great to bring Paul on and not only talk about flood insurance, but with everything going on with climate changes and heat and water and um, and have a nice conversation with him to give people some ideas what they should really think about when they look when they're looking to making sure that they're insurance coverage is proper. Larry, that's fantastic. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm excited to hear what you guys talk about today. Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, Paul, uh, thanks Thanks for joining me. And like I just mentioned before, the climate changes and the massive floods that we just saw a little while ago in the no Northeast really can have an impact on what you have covered. So can you give our audience really uh, just a, a broad, I mean, how does in flood insurance really work in New York? And can one be protected for all forms of damage, regardless of the cause? Sure, Larry. I, I tell you that the standard exclusions that exist on all homeowner policies, we always say there's three, and flood being one of them, nuclear war, civil riot, and flood. And flood is one that we're seeing all the time now, and it's a dangerous uh, scenario. Some of the videos that were out in the news this past week showing uh, sudden cave-ins and walls and, and folks losing their lives because of something beyond their control. And, and a flood uh, is not necessarily just a flood from a large body of water, as we saw in Queens County uh, and New Jersey and, and some of the other terribly hit areas uh, here in the tri-state area. It was really devastating to watch. And uh, over my 37 years, I've seen some pretty crazy things, but wow, it, uh, it really seems to be more commonplace today than ever. So is flood insurance a separate policy is included in your homeowner's policy? Right. It's, it, is, it is an excluded coverage on all homeowner policies, flood, right? So we're covered for wind-driven rain and, we're, and the typical homeowner policy is covered for uh, the, the effects of a, of a tornado and, and, and some of those things that lift the roof off and then there's water damage. But flood in particular is an exclusion. You have to go out 
and purchase a standalone flood policy. And you can do that through the National Flood Program, or now uh, for some years you're able to purchase that privately through a private carrier. These are both great programs. It's in partnership with the, uh, the private sector, so the federal government does often provide a base for the coverage, and the rates are dependent mostly on where you live, absolute elevation is is really the key and then the flood maps that are are updated regularly uh, they are determined to kind of coexist with the cost issues and and we often say that if you live in the x flood zone that's a that's that means you really need to have flood insurance but as we just saw wow you know flood is not just the body of water you know you're living on the water or at the inlet on the south shore that's that's obviously a big problem but a body of water isn't just the the flooding bay or the estuary or the river, those various rivers in Somerset, New Jersey, for example. It's also the deluge that occurs on these massive rainstorms, and suddenly there's a huge amount of water coming down the street, and it has no place to go. It ends up going, of course, to the lowest possible spot, which is a basement or at the bottom of a hill, which could be just just terrible. So should everyone get flood insurance, even if they're not in one of these designated areas? No, you should, you know, maybe uh, consult a, a professional and find out what uh, where what your flood zone is, if you will. That's usually a good start. And common sense, of course, right? Uh, if you live within a quarter mile of the water, or if you if you have an issue with um, sloping terrain, those are problems. We just had a claim last week where the back of a property sloped up and away from the home and there was a just a, such an amount of saturation in, in the in the water from all of the rain that the retaining wall gave and the water rushed down and flooded out this homeowner's uh, basement he was covered for that so that is something that it's it's devastating and without the insurance folks are in a pickle because they don't have any protection to for the cost of reconstruction or the cost to stay in a hotel while the house is being repaired. There's lots of effects from the flood. And, and so what does flood insurance cover? I, I hear sometimes people say, well, I had this flood, but it didn't cover my basement. Uh, so what does flood insurance cover? And, and more importantly, what, do, what won't it cover? Or does it depend upon the policy? It depends upon the level of coverage. You can purchase coverage for business, uh, rather for property, personal property contents and you can have have the coverage exist without it the uh, the typical flood policy is just for the structure and the rating for that policy will often be underwritten based on whether or not there is a basement or not right so the flood comes in and, and damages the basement and if it's finished yeah you know you've got some serious damage between the potential for mold and all that occurs as a result of the water so the walls have to come out and the insulation all that jazz it's, it's got to be replaced and so without the proper flood policy you might miss out on that so again the the building itself the structure itself will be covered but the the interior anything inside the four walls has to be considered and uh, we we always recommend some personal property coverage. Yeah. So is there anything else that I haven't really talked about on something on flood insurance that if, if you don't have, or if you do have out there? No, I think you did it. You did it justice. I would just say that 
for folks that think that it's a very costly uh, matter, it's it's not necessarily. It is if you live, let's say, you're right on the edge of an inlet or you're living on the water. Most of us aren't in that position. Flood insurance is expensive in that capacity. But if you live in uh, in, in a town that's uh, within a mile or two of the water and you haven't seen a flood in your neighborhood since you moved in, that's usually a good sign that the flood insurance isn't expensive. But as we all know, floods are, are far more uh, typical today than they have ever been. And, and it's likely that something's going to happen sooner or later. So, you know, as with climate changes and we've seen the, the flood, it's really not just floods. It's really a lot of different things such as, and maybe not always here in the Northeast, but for those of you listening out there that are different parts of the country that are experience very dry areas, um, obviously there's more ex- chance of a fire. I mean, and do you have the proper coverage for fire or windstorm? Or even we're seeing hurricanes more often and much more prevalent both on the East Coast and the central parts of the country and, and in Florida. So how, how do you know that you have the right coverages for those particular climate changes? And what are the insurance companies doing out there to handle all this? Well, that's really a good question, and it's one that really requires some thinking and some exploration because the typical homeowner policy has uh, some wind coverage. And if you have a special form, right? So you have your basic form, which is just fire, lightning, and uh, you can add to the coverage. You never see those basic policies much anymore. Most of the today's policies are what they call special, and that means HO3 type contracts that cover fire lightning, windstorm, hail, malicious mischief, vandalism, all of the things included, would that be anything that they don't say they exclude? So the the new special form policies really are, are triggered to protect the homeowner. But when it comes to wind, for example, there are a lot of holdbacks. There's usually caps, catastrophic windstorms that, that we all know of, like the Category 5 hurricane with the 100-mile-an-hour winds. Plus, that is something that, yeah, you know, you're going to have the coverage for, uh, but maybe your homeowner policy has an exclusion or a very high deductible if it never gets to be that kind of category. Every homeowner policy is different and they're written differently with different deductibles. And sometimes it's a 2%. For example, if your home is worth 800,000 replacement value, you've got a a 2% deductible. That's a lot of money to uh, have as a hold back when you've had a loss, right? So the, the typical homeowner should review his homeowner policy with his broker and make sure that it's a sizable, it's the type of deductible, the type of coverage that they can live with, right? Because everybody's threshold for, for risk is different. And it's important that your broker understand what it is so that you can, you can move accordingly in and out of that kind of coverage. It's very expensive to have low deductibles today in New York. But sometimes taking the higher deductible, though, uh, can have a risk. Yeah, I always find for the cases that we've had and for our clients that nobody really understands what they really have until they've gone through a a claim. And then they start looking at them and they're saying, well, I didn't know about this. I don't know, know about that. So knowing these things up front and really knowing what you're covered and what your exposures are can really make a, a huge difference if you have a claim. So 
you know, so it's really important with the, all the climate changes out there to really looking and seeing what the wind coverage and what the fire coverage is and what also the the flood coverage, you know, flood coverage is. It's not just the, you know, the, the cheapest and, and least expensive policy. Just switching gears a, a little bit, because one of the other coverages I, I kind of see sometimes in there, which is not included and and hopefully we don't have this ever again, but you know, we just finished 9-11 and you know, and that's what are you covered if there is some type of terrorist attack? Okay. So the the terrorism coverage is not typically addressed or ever addressed really on your homeowner policy or if you're a condo or a co-op owner, but it's it's kind of a given that uh, because there's coverage for explosion and fire, that the homeowner policy would respond and you would be protected. So they don't address terrorism. It's a good question. Uh, why don't they? I think it's because it's it's a given that it is covered. Now, a lot of our insureds have small businesses here in the Tri-State area. It's a little bit different for them, and they've got to be uh, careful because terrorism coverage is a partnership program with the private carriers and some everyone is given a choice they don't necessarily come automatic you've got to purchase the terrorism coverage but on the home policy yeah the homeowner's policy is going to protect you if there is a property damage as a result of a terrorist act now terrorism can also mean cyber terror and terrorism can be domestic terrorism so right now because of some updates on those treaties, domestic terrorism uh, since uh, 2020 is also included, but cyber attacks, they are not covered. That's something that, you know, we're all concerned about and there is coverages available, but you've got to, you've got to purchase the cyber liability coverage separate. And the cyber coverage, is that more geared to businesses or for why, why would somebody need cyber coverage as an individual? So cyber liability coverage is really more geared towards a small business and there's an exposure there and it should be addressed. But when it comes to uh, the individual homeowner and the individual resident here in New York, it's, uh, it's not so much that as it is the identity theft and the cost associated with that. Imagine someone steals your identity. They get a hold of your wallet or they get into your software and they, they're able to take all of your social security info, your, your driver's license info, credit card information. So there's a cost associated with that, replacing all of it. And it usually is, is timely and insurance can help you with that. It's, uh, it's not necessarily something that we all worry about, but today more than ever, we know what's happening with, with, with hacking and, and the access to computer software today. So I, I highly recommend that we all look at our homeowner policies to take a better look at what's available and, and what might be missing. Yeah, great ideas, not only on identity theft, but all these different types of uh, climate change coverages. But before we kind of end, I, I do want to just talk a little bit more about, you know, homeowners insurance in general. And what are the common drawbacks that you see when homeowners purchase insurance today? Well, there's a number of them. The first and foremost is that many of us fail to get a second opinion on a regular basis. So there are a lot of real good, capable insurance carriers 
And there are a lot of excellent professionals that are willing to help look at that. And today's homeowner policy is pretty complicated, uh, whether it's uh, the the protection for uh, theft, replacement cost endorsements, uh, extended jewelry. Uh, there, there's a lot that a homeowner policy can provide. And with it, there are the caveats. For example, replacement cost on contents. It's not the same for every carrier, uh, but what it basically means is you've got no depreciation when there is a loss. But some of the carriers offer even replacement cost on the dwelling so that you've got, let's say you're insuring your home for $750,000. The carrier is willing to pay, in some instances, on a total loss more than that. A lot of folks don't know that. A lot of folks don't realize that the uh, typical home valuation process today for example, another problem on the home valuation process, because of the cost associated with all of uh, furniture and wood and materials, you know, since the pandemic, the cost to replace a house is very high and insurance companies are concerned about that and so should we. Or do we have enough coverage when, for example, uh, the cost of sheetrock is now 300% more than it was two years ago, and it doesn't seem to be changing. You know, it seems to be something that's pretty current now for the past year. So revisiting your valuation process, what what is your home going to cost to replace? And what are the features and some of those benefits of having a, a true replacement cost guarantee? Only your broker can help you with that. And you make two excellent points there, Paul, that I've seen with clients only because, and even myself, when I first started, you know, you're a lay person in this industry and people don't realize that the same premium coverage, if you're paying less in premiums, you think you have a good homeowner's insurance and don't realize that you may be saving a few hundred dollars, even a few thousand dollars on your homeowner's insurance. But if you have a claim, you can be out tens and, and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So happens. not yes. the cheapest isn't always the best. And also the second point you made is people don't realize that they may not be completely covered or what's not covered. And if they do have something, a house burned to the ground, you sure want to be able to make sure that you can rebuild it. Right, Paul? Yeah, that's 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 gigantic, as they say, because we often have imagine you're you're stuck with a. Uh, you've had to move into a trailer or a hotel room because of a fire. It might not have been the worst fire in the world. It could have been something that was just in the den, but because of the burning plastic or the rubber or some of the fabrics, uh, there is not just a terrible smell, but there can be uh, other issues that, that are bad for you to breathe in. So now you're in a hotel room. You're not at your home. Who's protecting your house? How is it? How is that all going to work? for you? Do I need a, a, an adjuster or do I not need an adjuster? All of the claim issues that typically aren't addressed, just like you said, Larry, so true. We don't really face these things unless we've been through it. So a good broker can help you with that. And our 37 or my 37 years in the business, and I'm surrounded by this, the greatest of, uh, of specialists, we, we really make sure, and, and that's really where you earn your stripes when, when there is a loss and the, and the customer's uh, put at ease. And with this environmental change now, we're seeing uh, windstorms like we've never seen before, right? A tree falls, your neighbor's tree falls on your house. 
what do you do? Is that your claim or is it his claim? There is a there's a system to that. There's there's a way that you need to respond best practices and a good broker is going to help you with that. You could just call the 1-800 number and uh, make a claim, but you're always better off you know, speaking with your agent and making sure that that claim gets uh, reported properly and that, you, that you're that you aware of your rights and, and what should happen at that loss. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually brings me up to the kind of the last question here. So why should someone use Paul for their insurance needs? <laughs> well, we always joke, I'm the weak link in the whole process. I'm just the guy with the experience and and uh, I am truly uh, honored to work with uh, a staff and, and an agency. Uh, we, we really th thrive on uh, making good on those best practices. So it's understanding the needs of your customer, listening the way uh, you want to be listened to yourself, and then uh, providing the options. It's so important to have options. We always need to know what our choices are. It's not just this it's this, or maybe it could be this or this or this too. You know, what are the deductible costs and the changes in there? Or what does it mean to have an extended endorsement that, you know, for $50 sometimes or for a minimal amount of money, you can get tremendous increases in coverages like cameras and fine arts and jewelry and things as opposed to scheduling it. And sometimes, sometimes insurance can be very expensive too. So uh, we all have precious items that we need to protect. And not too many folks talk about that, but what do we do about that? How do we ensure our fine arts collection? Let's say it was a... Uh, uh, you know, a coin collection. Yeah, you could spend a few hundred dollars a year and put it into a safety deposit box, but honestly, there's a better way. And the fine arts floaters that are available on homeowners policies are very reasonable. Folks don't even know. It's just so generous uh, what the, some carriers will do to help the customer. And you have to have that advice. And for 37 years, that's what I've done. Awesome. This has been terrific, Paul. I think listening audience might have picked something up that they weren't aware of. Um, and if they want a second opinion and to speak to Paul, they can reach out to him e either at Paul at Remco Agency, R-E-M-C-O-Agency.com, or you can give him a call at 516-214-8684. Thank you, Paul, again for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Paul, this has been fantastic. I'm, I'm so glad Larry brought you on. And of course, Larry, thank you. Um, I know that you've been dealing with this, you know, being in the area that you're in right now. And all of our thoughts are with those families that are affected by the, the floods in your area. And like you said, down south uh, in Louisiana, um, it, it's tough. And so this is a very timely podcast. Thank you so much for bringing Paul on. Uh, you're welcome, Eric. All right. And our last thank you is always for you, our listening audience. We wouldn't be here without you. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.